Woo! All right. So for the last several weeks, we've been talking through some of these current phrases and some of these trends. Some of these phrases are like salty. Don't be salty. Everybody here for that one? Don't be salty. Right? The other one was extra. That was my favorite message to preach. Extra, talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Um, um, another phrase that we didn't preach on because I'm not allowed to say it, it's called no cap, which means there's no lie, okay? And then the other one was bet. That was a couple of weeks ago. We talked about bet, remember, agreement in prayer, right? What it means to agree because that's what the word bet means. Today, I wanna talk to you what it means to spill the tea. Someone say spill the tea, okay? Now, that is a current phrase that this generation uses, although I, I, said, I told that to my son. He's like, Dad, it's so old school already. Isn't it? I can't keep up. Now tell me, those of you guys who are a little bit older than me, do you just come to a point where you're like, who cares anymore? Because I'm, I'm kind of there right now. Like I'm getting there. I'm just like, who gives a rip? I'm going to say cool, radical, you know, awesome. It's awesome, man. Out of sight. Like, and people are going to look at me like, what are you saying, you know? Yeah, I know. Those millennials, they're my favorite too. So spill the tea. Again, let me just um, encourage you that at the end of this message, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna have an open mic here just for a few minutes, if God has done something in your life to come up and share it. I already have a couple of people. There was one that was gonna come today but got sick, um, couldn't make it today. So I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read a, a testimony offline that someone sent to us over the weekend, just very, very powerful. And uh, we're gonna just lift up the name of Jesus together, amen? All right, so spill the tea, here's what it means. This, uh, the, the word, the phrase spill the tea means juicy gossip. Okay, it means juicy gossip. It means a, uh, um, um, what you, know, you know something that someone else doesn't know and now you're gonna share that and it's not always good. Okay, so we're gonna attempt this morning to redeem the phrase, to redeem the phrase, spill the tea. Okay, if you don't know where I'm going with this by now, is we're gonna share the goodness of God, the testimony of Jesus Christ, right? And uh, so that's what it means. So to be honest with you, this phrase right here isn't a good one, and I know it's just, uh-oh, hey, Jesus. I know it's just gossip, but let's just face it. <clears throat> Some of it, it wouldn't be wise for Christians to use this phrase, right, unless we're gonna redeem it, Okay. Wouldn't be a good thing. Here's why. This isn't gonna be a message about gossip, but I, ain't gonna, I am gonna address it, okay? This wasn't the intention of this. We're gonna go somewhere with this, but I, have, I feel like I have to address gossip because what's happened in our churches today across America and amongst believers is that we've been okay with fleshly things. We've, we've, we've come to be okay with the things that really don't affect us but are anti-scriptural and anti-biblical. Even though we hit on the big major things, we forget that about the little things that the Bible says that we will not inherit the kingdom of God in, okay? Like perverse talk or gossip or backbiting. The, those are the things that are acts of the flesh according to the word of God. Those are the things that are the acts of the flesh where the Bible literally says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, if you've got your Bibles, turn there this morning. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28. I'm purposely not putting the scriptures on the back screen here. So if you have a Bible, you can bring it. If you don't have one, look at your friends. If you don't have that, download the Bible app. And, uh, <clears throat> and then we will get there as well. So Proverbs, just to let you guys know, I read Proverbs and Psalms every day. I read a chapter of Proverbs and a chapter 
of Psalms every single day. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, and it says this, a perverse man stirs up dissension, okay? Another version says a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. A perverse man or a perverse person stirs up conflict, stirs up, I mean, being perverse means you have an intention and you have an agenda, okay? That's what that means. You, you have an intention, you have an agenda, and what, what, what this is really saying is a person with an agenda really stirs up conflict. Now, how many of you guys know somebody like that, and maybe in your family, right? You don't have to raise your hand because it might be your wife, right? So, or your husband, okay? So, but what I'm saying is, 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 is a lot of the times this perverse person who does not have the mind of Christ loves to go in and stir up the conflict, and how do they do that? They use the weapon of gossip, they use the weapon of gossip because gossip, what it does is it separates close friends. It separates friendship. Now, you may say to yourself, well, what I do is pretty innocent. No, it's not. It's still gossip. Listen, stop tolerating sin because you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. It just ain't going to happen. I don't know why my life's in shambles. Well, maybe it's because you're entertaining the fleshly works in your life. Well, that was quiet. See, wherever there's people, there's gossip. Gossip is when we believe the accusation of the enemy over someone's life, and we actually come into agreement over that word over their life. That's what gossip is. See, because if we truly had the mind of Christ, if we truly were working on this thing, we would find the gold and the value in people's lives rather than finding the bad things in their life, right? And we would speak the good rather than the bad. See, the good I can agree with, the bad I don't want to entertain. Why? Because what happens is, is I actually make a covenant with that word over that person and now my tongue is the weapon to destroy their life. Come on, that's a truth bomb, baby. In the church... There's no need for gossip. Come on, somebody. There's no need for gossip. Some people ask, so I can't express how I feel to other people? No, you can't. <laughs> no. Well, it's just an opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, whatever. Okay. God knows the intention of your heart. God knows your heart, right? Here's the scariest verse in the Bible according to, to what I think is, is Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, and it says this, in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform many miracles? Did we not do this? Didn't we go to the chili cook-off and win that third prize? Didn't we invite people to church? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? And God will say to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. That's what the NIV says. He calls those people who are doing the works of the kingdom of God an evildoer because he doesn't know who they are. God has to know who you are. And so, when we see the good, we speak the good. When we see the good, we speak the good. We are, listen to me, the church and the body of Christ. <laughs> Ain't nobody else gonna come into this from the world to encourage you, I promise you that. Okay? So the only people we got is us. Amen. That's it. That's it. And God forgive me if I ever entertained a bad thought about anybody in this church. 
I repent. <laughs> so stop the murmuring. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying. I'm going to say these things. You're going to go, well, we're not gossiping. We're not murmuring. We're not, I'm not addressing you. I'm addressing the overall idea. Do you guys understand that? So we need to stop murmuring. We need to stop backbiting. We need to stop the gossip. And if that is you, if you gossip, if you backbite, if you slander, if you accuse, hear me. God's judgment on you will be worse than the one you're talking about. Again, hear my heart on this. So many people have lost the fear of God that we have normalized the flesh in our lives. The fleshy things, acts of morality. Acts of immorality. We've normalized them. Ah, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's okay. It's okay if I watch that. It's okay if I do that. It's okay if I say that. It's okay if I listen to that. It's okay if I do that. We've entertained these things into thinking that it's just okay. I'm not here to bring any judgment. I'm here to course your life. What I am here to do is stoke the fire a little bit, to ask God, be in a relationship with him, and ask him if it's okay. Ask him if it's okay. If he says, yeah, go for it. I can't control you. No one in this, no one in this house and in this world can ever control you. <laughs> Listen to this. Not even God himself can control you. You have to be in partnership with him, in a relationship with him. See, the Bible says if we participate in these things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's not talking about heaven. It's talking about the active kingdom of God in your life right now. Again, hear my heart on this, but I've known many people in my 25 years of ministry that have slandered, gossiped, and talked about others, especially leadership and pastors. And after they did, they opened up a door of destruction to their lives. They wound up getting sick, throat cancer, disease, and their kids rebelled from God. I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that's the reason why, but it would be wise for us to consider if that's a reason why. It would be wise for us to maybe take a step back and look and go, God, is the reason why these things are going on in my life is because I've opened the door. I've opened the door to these things by what I'm saying, by what I'm speaking, by how I'm talking about people. And we're all, look, look, look at me. We've all got to work on this. Every single one of us, we've all got to work on this. Now, let's redeem this phrase, spill the tea. It's my favorite part. Let's redeem this. I know that was pretty heavy. Take a Selah. That just means breather. Here we go. Revelations chapter 12, verse 7 through 12. Yay, Revelations. The book we all understand so well. Revelations. That's in the back of the Bible if you don't know where that is. Chapter 12. Verses 7 through 12. Revelations chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. And I'm going to read out of the NASB. And I felt that it was really important for us to read the whole context of the scripture. What a lot of pastors like to do is they take a verse and they just preach on that without reading the whole context of it. And I think it's really important that we take the full picture of this. We take the aerial view of what God's trying to speak to us. Okay? Revelations chapter 12, verse 7 through 12. Say, uh huh, if you're there. Great, Revelation chapter 12. And there was a war in heaven. I'm reading the NASB. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. Let's just stop and just pause right there and just think about that for a second. <laughs> How wild is that, right? I don't believe this is metaphorical. I believe that this is literal. I believe something is going to happen with that in mind, okay? 
Moving on. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old who was called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, <laughs> let's say loud voice. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night, verse 11. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of what? The word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when they faced death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. I think that's a good time to rejoice right there. Come on, come on. <laughs> it may seem like the enemy is really big right now. Oh, there's going to be nuclear war. Oh, there's going to who blew up the pipeline. Oh, who did this and who did that? Who did all this stuff? Ah! Listen, the devil knows he's only got a short time. Huh. <laughs> Jesus is coming back, people. But until he returns, how are we going to overcome? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We're going to spill the tea on Jesus. We're not going to gossip. No, we're going to declare. See, we're redeeming it this morning, right? Spill the tea now means in this church, the declaration over your life, the declaration of the goodness of God. See, I believe according to the word that the two greatest weapons of the last days is the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So if you're new here, I don't want to freak you out, okay? <laughs> The blood of the lamb isn't something that was a sacrifice on an altar. We don't got one in the back room. That's next week. No, I tease. I, I promise. I'm, I'm just joking. Okay? <laughs> I promise you. All right? It's not about that. The blood of the lamb, who this is talking about, is Jesus. Jesus is the spotless lamb according to the word of God. It all correlates together. The Old Testament is simply Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. It is something where, where, where the blood of the lamb became it became throughout the old and the new, right? It is the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb is salvation at its core. That is the blood of the lamb. Even Siri agrees on my phone. It just spoke to me, by the way. See, the blood of the lamb is salvation. We have overcome because of his sacrifice on the cross. <laughs> We've overcome, not because of what we do, not because of the things that we accomplish in our life. No, the only way that we have overcome is because of the finished works of Christ on the cross. That's it. That's it. And when he did that, he said, it is finished. It's done. The sin, the junk, the business, the depression, everything that you deal with has been conquered once and for all. It is finished. And when you walk into the place called the blood of the lamb and you get, where, you get under the spout where the glory comes out, right? And you're just right there. And you're like, Jesus, you don't have to worry anymore about being overcome by those things. Because it's done, baby. It's done. That's a good word. Romans chapter 6, verse 20 through 23. 
Let's go there, Romans chapter 6. It's just a few chapters over from Revelation. Romans chapter 6, verse 20 through 23. If you don't want to write this down, go for it because I want to I groove. It says this, Romans chapter 6, 20 through 23. For when you were, someone say you were. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now having been freed from slave or from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification. And the outcome is eternal life. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. This is the beauty. But the blood of the lamb, salvation, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me just say this. You want to go to heaven? Commit your life to Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way. What if I'm a good person? Praise God, you're a good person. I'm happy you are. I never kill anybody, thank God. I don't lie that much. Okay? You can do whatever you want to do to justify where you're at. But if you don't give your life to Jesus Christ, his love is for you so much. It's so strong. All he wants is you because he cares about you. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody this morning. You've tried it your way for a long time. You've tried it your way. You've tried to do it. You've tried to do it. And it's been one battle after the next battle, after the next battle, after the next battle. And Jesus is here this morning speaking to your heart. And all he's saying to you is, come to me. Try me. Try me. Try me. Because your gift is the gift of eternal life with me. Of eternal life. Amen? Now, the word of your testimony is a dagger-filled punch to the enemy's throat. <laughs> and I use that term very intentionally. Because when the enemy tries to come and speak to you, and he begins to remind you of what you were in the past, of who you were. Hi, you remember how you were always addicted to pornography? You remember how you were always addicted to this? You remember how you used to do this? Do you remember you used to go to the bars all the time? Do you remember all that kind of stuff? Remember how bad of a person you are? And he becomes to bring the shame and this guilt of who you once were when you begin to declare the salvation, the blood of the lamb salvation over your life. You become a weapon for Jesus and your word is like a dagger to his throat where he can't speak over your life anymore longer. You cut them off when we share the word of the testimony. So your testimony is powerful. Your testimony is powerful. Let me speak to a lie here this morning. There's a lie that could be in your heart that says, well, I didn't come from a bad background. I wasn't involved in drugs, alcohol. I didn't have all these issues. Let me tell you, the best testimony is a kept testimony. It's when Jesus has kept you. Because it's only by the grace of God that he can keep you. It's only by him. And that, my friend, is something we can celebrate in. I think of my brother whom I love with all my heart. Never done one bad thing in his life. Well, I can't say that. At least that I know of. 
He's watching right now, so I'll tell mom. <laughs> but I thank God for people like that who say, man, God has just kept me. That's a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony. Amen? That's a powerful testimony. See, something happens when you begin to share the testimony of your life, when you begin to share the testimony of God's goodness over your heart. As you begin to share what God has done in you, something happens in the room. Here's what happens in the room. Faith begins to fill the room. Faith fills the room. Okay? The word of God goes forth, and we can agree in covenant over our lives for that exact thing that's being talked about. You guys understand that? That's why it's extremely important for us to say with our mouth, lips jabbering, okay? It's important for us to share the word of God, the testimony of the saints. Not only does it destroy the devil, what happens is that faith fills the room. And we don't know if God's working on somebody for the exact same thing that you're talking about. And so when you do and you share that, then all of a sudden that person goes, if he can do it for you, I feel Jesus. If he can do it for you, he can do it for me. He can do it for me. All of a sudden, the impossibility becomes a reality. All of a sudden, the things that you feel so entrenched in and so dumped on now become set free and loose by the word of your testimony. See, when people hear the testimony of what God has done, the anointing on the testimony opens up a realm of possibility. The atmosphere now becomes pregnant with the opportunity for that miracle that had just been described in the testimony to be duplicated. Then when we engage our faith and step into the opportunity in the slightest measure, the possibility becomes a reality. That is what the word of your testimony does. A lot of people were set free this last weekend. A lot of people came not knowing who Jesus was. A lot of people were dealing with stuff they didn't even know they were dealing with. God cleaned house. Right? Now you get the opportunity to declare the power of God from your life to the world, to the people around you. And that's gonna fill this place up with faith. And then someone's gonna go, ooh, I got this. I know I got this. I know I got this. That's why it's important for us to, someone say, spill the tea. We have to spill the tea on Christ. We have to. We got to. We got to. You don't know what's happening. And I'm talking about, like, even when you're at work. You want to know the greatest evangelism tool isn't prophetic ministry. It's not, it's not, it's not, like, it's not like knowing your, the Romans road. Okay, if you don't know what that is, you can ask me later. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like tricking somebody into believing Jesus. It's what has God done for you? See, because what he's done for you, I guarantee you the people that in the New Testament, in the New Testament when they were walking around, right, and Jesus just got done healing them, they weren't, thank you. Thank you, Father. No, 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 no. They got their mat, baby. They got the thing they were laying on. They got their cane and they went, woo baby, look at this. I'm set free. Why? Because when God does something in you, it's got to come out with passion, with excitement, with love. 
Amen? <laughs> Yay, Jesus. <laughs> See, the testimony is the butt of God. I like big... No, it's fine. Sorry, sweetie, I had to put it in there somewhere. You should see my wife's face right now. She's doing one of those things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The testimony is the butt of God, the butt look of God. But look, was Satan tried for the worse? But look, <laughs> this happened. See, the testimony sounds like this. I once had a generational curse, but look, he saved me. <laughs> I once was addicted, but look, he set me free. <laughs> I once was addicted, but look, he saved me. I once was depressed, but look, I'm happy. But look, I'm happy. But look, I'm happy. You want to win your friends to Jesus at work? Tell them about what God's doing in your life, right? I once was bound to my own thoughts, but look, he has set me free and released me from the bondage of my mind. I once was lost, but look, now I'm found. I was dead in my own sin. I was going nowhere. I was going to hell faster than you can blink. But look, Jesus Christ saved me. He saved me. That's why the testimony of God's grace and his love points away from you. And it always says, but look, look, look to the one who can do the same for you as he did for me. That is the testimony of Jesus. So whenever that sneaky little serpent starts accusing you of who you were, you can say, oh, 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 hey, <laughs> nice try, devil. Nice try. But look. But look, you're so bad. Oh, yeah? But look, look, look at what he's done for me. Look at what he's done for me. Look at what he's done for me. And you can say to that devil, because of Christ, because of Christ, I am. What does that mean? It doesn't mean you're God. It just means that because of him, you are set free. You are released. You are not a bondage, in bondage anymore. You are not a slave to your own sin. You are not any of those things any longer because of him. Because of him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can we play just a little bit of music back there, nice and soft? So let's spill the tea on Jesus. You guys ready? Everyone been thinking of something to say? Kristen, can you help me out up, up here, please? You can even come to the front. I don't, I, they don't have to come up here on the platform unless you want to. So I'm gonna ask uh, Nicole Brown to come on up. She's gonna share something, but while she's coming up, here's an online testimony that I got online. It says this. I got set free from many demons that manifested, and I'm healed. I can sleep at night without a nightmare, and his spirit clearly. His loving, faithful spirit. Bondages have been broken, and the torment has quieted. This is what this person said. Finally makes it easier to freely step into the anointing that I've been called into. The adversary works overtime to stop, to stop that. But God laughs and always shows who's boss. 
I am truly humbled. And with an increased faith and a child approach for some more spiritual milk, for sure, is what this person said. Amen, amen, right? Come on. God's setting people free. Go ahead, Nicole.